Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about the steampunk genre. Sure. Genre's good. I've always liked the idea of steampunk and was always interested in it. And then I read a few books. Actually, I've read quite a few books. And I was really captivated by how expansive steampunk steampunk genre can be. It's a huge, what I call a huge umbrella of steampunk. From the typical, what, what you would call what is classic steampunk, right? It was a what? Victorian. Victorian in a, a late 1800s uh, with a dash of something strange or peculiar like uh, clockwork orange, uh, clockwork orange, clockwork uh, atoma, uh, automatons. automatons or or just the things that are a little bit strange. And I think, it, you know, it's kind of like a, what is it? It's kind of nostalgic too. You know, it's kind of, I think people see that era as, you know, like Jane Eyre, you know, like this, they see that side of, of that time period, not the nasty, gritty, ugly side of it. So I think it's pretty interesting. And, and when I read a, a lot of the novels, you know, I read all kinds of different novels from different authors, obviously, and they do run quite a bit of, of a difference in the type, in the type, right. So, uh, you know, talking about RPGs, you know, it seems like our this era or this genre would be ripe for playing games in. You know, the, you can go as fantastical as you want, depending on how much magic or monsters are around in the world and how much technology. I think those are knobs that you can, that for steampunk, you can turn. You know, is there a lot of magic in the world? Is there a little magic in the world? Is there a lot of technology? Or is it a little, very little technology? And of course, that technology, because it's called steampunk, is based on steam instead of uh, even electricity or gas, right? Powered or, you know. And there's a lot of like clockwork stuff, right? Right. I mean, that, that that's instead of uh, circuits and stuff powering things, you have this clockwork stuff that, that makes it just a, a, you know, just a little bit different and, and different enough that it's a totally different genre to play in. You know, you're not dealing with circuit boards and robots. You're talking about, yes, that fact, we call them, what was the word? Automatons? Automatons. Uh, I you, call them golems, but, or, go, <laughs> or golems, but then Saul told me I couldn't do that. Well, you could, but yeah, I mean. But I, they're made. I mean, they're made, right? Right. And, but they're more like automatons, right? Because they're. Well, in some steampunk, you could make a golem, right? You could make a golem if, you, if there's enough magic. So depending on how much magic there is in the world, you can make a golem made out of flesh or clay, just like in a traditional golem you know, fantasy world. But you can also make them out of uh, clockwork, right? Oh, yes, yes. yes that's totally, uh, yeah. So in Steampunk, yeah, it would probably be more fitting to make them out of clockwork type stuff, So which would be pretty cool. Which would mean someone would have to wind them up? Or it would be uh, continuous clockwork. Yeah, you know that that th that is a question. If there's magic, maybe it could be magical clockwork. That's true. That's true. But I would think you know maybe they would need to be like, you know, like wound up, not like every half hour or hour, but like every seven days or something like that, just to make it playable or just to make it worthwhile. That'd be cool. And also, uh, one of the things I I like about steampunk is a lot of times they have flying ships. Like zeppelins, zeppelins yeah, blimps, dirigibles, yes, uh, that is hugely uh, popular in uh, most uh, punk set and steampunk settings. Is this idea of travel by by blimp? We call them blimps when we were kids, but zeppelins and and uh, what'd you call? Them? It was zeppelins, zeppelins. Or? Yeah, I, well, they're zeppelins. They're they're also called other things. Lighter than air aircraft actually is what the official game is. So that that, that is another uh, key 
you know, uh, element of this. But they're steampunk. powered by steam, right? Yes, the steampunk is that the the air travel is the the preferred way of traveling by air is zeppelin, and so that's pretty neat. You know, it probably wouldn't be a good idea to make them fill them full of helium, but uh, <laughs> not helium, but uh, hydrogen. But there but, you are. But there you are. So you know, you could come up with some other glass that's that's even lighter than than helium and stuff like that that would make it easier to to use blimps and stuff. So that's cool. Like I said, you know, there's so many within the steampunk world or genre there's all this room to play in and i mentioned the the ministry of peculiar occurrences which is very uh very classical steampunk this is a set of books it's a set of books right it's not an rpg just books just books so it's a set of books uh novels uh it's written by a man and wife not a man and wife but a man and a woman and they're not married i don't think but uh but they really live the life, the steampunk life. You know, they go to steampunk conventions. They they dress that way and stuff like that. So they're pretty, they're pretty into the. I think the that genre. steampunk, what do you call it? Live action role, live action games or what? LARPs. LARPs would be really cool because you, especially if it was set Victorian, right? You could dress up and and then you could have all the little clockwork things and and the goggles and all kinds of cool stuff that oh the make. goggles yes and the hats so i think a lot of the a lot of the attraction is is the fashion right a lot of people like that you know that element of how people men wore suits and and hats and it kind of depends on where you live right because well, of course there are places where people businessmen tell our suits or people back east people actually dress up oh you mean now work. yeah oh. but you know, living in California where the typical person wears a T-shirt and jeans or a T-shirt and pants. To work. Or, yeah, especially if you're in the Valley, the Silicon Valley. If you're in the Valley, you probably wear the same thing too <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> but oh, that the idea that um, that you can dress up in uh, vests and and railroady. Some someone told me it was railroad attire, and I said, "Well, railroad attire." Well, because because they were thinking of the the steam the steam steam engine railroads, right yeah. in the eighteen hundreds, right, right. And I was like, going, okay, I don't think there's actual railroad attire unless you're an engineer. And <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah, wear exactly. A, the jumpsuit kind of thing, where yes. or the guy your, the uh, guy shoveling the coal, yeah, into the, the, the thing. coveralls, yeah, yes, probably not not the attire that we're talking about. And I think the fashion has a big deal in in this kind of uh, attraction to that to that era, you know. Like I said, and women wore dresses, and they were, you know, like you're right. But it was all upper women, you know, upper class women, or or people of 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 a certain stature, I guess. I think, and uh, the thing about steampunk is, is that you can a lot of those uh, and the novels and the pictures and things you see from steampunk. Sometimes the women have on half dresses and they're wearing pants underneath because they have to. And when I say half dresses, I mean the skirts. You can move the skirts out of your way so you can actually run. Because if you have on long skirts, it's really hard to run. Just so you know. No, I didn't know that. In fact, uh, I believe in the, in the book that I was talking about called uh, it's called Rising Phoenix, uh, the Ministry of Peculiar in, uh, Occurrences. Uh, the person who there's a guy in the he's the main character in the book. He's like a bookworm, right? He, he I think he works in the in the library of this Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences, which is like a secret FBI division of the of the police in in England. I don't know if if it was MI five back then, but it was just like a like a secret uh, set of a uh, a secret group that went after peculiar occurrences, like strange things that happened, like the X Files. But 
really actually funded funded and that's what they did not just some lone gunman going out and trying to answer questions like the tv show so and then he is uh he is partnered partnered i use air quotes because i'm not sure she was officially partnered with some australian lady who's like oh my god she wears pants right and so she's really brash and she's really you know for him she's really obnoxious because she's not very what do you call it she's uncouth uncouth right and she speaks her mind and she and she's very dare she and she puts herself forward you know like like she charges into the action and he's like well maybe we should think about it because it's kind of like a book librarian kind of thing and she basically drags him into this series of adventures and uh, this one adventure into you know figuring out what's going on where he's kind of like well i want to get back to my library and so it was a really fun set of set of books to read and but then you know i read this other book by devin monk i think it's called the age of steam novels and she writes about the united states in the same time period what was happening in the united states at the same time period the wild west and the, the civil war the civil war so he's quizzing me yes <laughs> i'm not an american historian right so you know if it's not it has to do with like something that happened a thousand years ago she's you know not very good at it but obviously she passed so so that's a totally different setting and a totally different set of steampunk you know, it's not about the attire. A steampunk, uh, a steampunk uh, genre, like right. It's kind of different, yeah. and so I was really taken. Oh, and I'm sorry, I have a question. So, if it's set during the Civil War, does that mean that the during the Civil War they have um, yes. clockwork stuff and or steam yes. powered guns? Right, or right, right. Of... So it's, it's a little bit of an alternate history. Okay. So you know, which almost all steampunk is, right? So obviously. Yeah. So and then. Uh, there was another one, another lady who wrote called, still writing as I'm sure, called Sherry Priest, and she wrote uh, a series of books that were called Clockwork Century, and they, she really dealt with the with the West Coast, you know, Seattle, California, and stuff like that. Though she did write about, oh, so it was set in the Wild West. It was set in the Wild West, and about the same time period as the other lady who was writing, and. And she wrote this one, I think it was her that wrote Bone Shaker, which was kind of a weird novel because it was like, had to deal with Seattle and this machine that dug, uh, basically destroyed Seattle, early Seattle, right? 1800s. Anyway, so it was a very interesting book. It was very steampunkish, but it wasn't like steampunk, like in your face. It was just kind of like little elements of steampunk, right? Because it's the Old West. It's, you know, not Old West, but it's, yeah, the Old West. So it's like, it's like a you know a, mi- a mix mash of a, a mix mismatch mix mash mi- a mismatch. mashup of or mix mash of of <laughs> old wet match miss <laughs> forget about it I don't care so it's a it's a it's a gathering or grouping together of two two different ideas it's that, like the uh, didn't they make movies about that what the one with the with Will Smith and Selma Hayek on the train. Yes, Wild Wild West, yes. right? Wild Wild West was kind of a steampunkish kind of show, right? Because they had, well, especially in the movie. I don't remember the TV show being that way. The TV show was a bit odd. And then there was aliens and uh, and cowboys, cowboys and aliens. aliens. Yes, I don't know if that was steampunk, no, but it kind of kind of seemed but like it. It was a, that was a weird movie. I was uh, I wasn't expe- I didn't expect it to be what it was. I guess it was very strange. I think it's pretty interesting how. A wide, I know, and I, I haven't read anything about steampunkish steampunk in China or, 
or Japan or any other place in the world, right? You know, because that that would be interesting too. Because it would be different. It would take a different. It would feel, I think, a little bit differently and look a little bit differently. So, if you're running an RPG game set in that particular genre, what are some of the RPG games? You know, what's really fascinating is that there's. I guess they're not as popular. Certain books aren't as popular as other genres. You know, steampunk because they haven't made it. I don't think there's a there's a steampunk RPG based on any series of books, which I thought was kind of strange. Maybe I'm I'm not I'm giving too much credit to some of these novels because I thought they were pretty popular, but not popular enough to garner their own their own set of uh, of, of uh, their own RPG. Uh, setting or rules but there is a few out there i was kind of surprised it's not more because you know people do like to dress up it's it's it seems like a popular genre i uh, probably the oldest one is that one that you're looking at there jolene's space 1889 yes and you know and that was like really you know gonzo i think they is had that jules verne or um yeah I mean, not not that's the jules verne jules verne-esque <laughs> Right. So that's what, you know, that's what steampunk is. It's that period of like Jules Verne in that kind of era where things could be pretty fantastical. And I think Space 1899, 1889, 89. well, I think you could actually fly to space on the ship, but I'm not sure. I think so. And I don't, I've actually, I don't own that, that, that RPG, believe it or not. Amazing. <laughs> Another one, an old one uh, that, I, that I remember coming across is castle falkenstein which i'm looking oh no that's not what i'm looking You're at not looking at that one so that that one's that one's considered a, i consider that a classic it's been around a, quite a while and uh but i that as again that's uh, strangely it's not a it's not a game set that i own and i've never really looked at i do have things that are considered steampunkish you know if you look the top steampunk rpgs and they include like they put cyberpunk in there cyberpunk yes and i'm like I guess uh, no, I wouldn't consider that steampunkish at all. Uh, well, in, in a way, because you, you're—I mean, if, if depending on your kind of—I get—I don't know. I, I'm always thinking about like enhancement, cybernetic enhancements. Right. But that cybernetic enhancements, I guess you could have clockwork enhancements. Yeah, of course. Or things like that. In fact, I think in some in in one of the adventures, one guy had a clockwork arm. I think he was probably a villain, though. Uh, in one of the series of books, I don't remember exactly which one, but um, and definitely automatons. One guy was using automatons for for evil. Yeah. No, that, yeah. So no, I, I don't consider Cyberpunk 2020 or any Cyberpunk uh, RPG steampunk. Another one they considered steampunk was Mutant Chronicles, which in in uh, the which is a RPG that came out in the. I guess in the early 90s it's been around a long time but they consider themselves diesel punk right and you know and Mutant chronicles is they've explored space i mean they explored the solar system but it's post-apocalyptic though yes something you know they you know they go to some moon and they find some artifact and they're warned not to touch it and somebody touches it and it causes this psychic energy to be unleashed oh, throughout okay, the solar I got it. system. I, yeah, yeah. And so what happens is is that these these uh, these dark emanations Is that dark conspiracy also? No, no. Oh. Uh these dark emanations are have are are really able to get into uh into machines. So they stop so they so there's the de-evolution of everything, right? So everything's run on more of a 
you know they, they don't trust computers anymore right because the computers can be corrupted by this evil entity so they're using you know like 1950s technology and, and they drive big old cars that spew smoke and well diesel. um there's there's one that i was looking at called atomic highway which you told me was not steampunk but I it says it was, it's a mad max kind of again it's post-apocalyptic so yeah but so i guess if you really i don't know if you consider you don't consider that steampunk genre. no but they go back to using you know they regret they re, what do you call it uh they they regress yeah yeah but to me steampunk i think it, it kind of has to be in that era of uh that time period because as soon as you start getting to 20th century so if you were going to set a game in a steampunk era would you make it a uh in the late 1800s yeah, of course yes somewhere definitely. or early 1900s and no matter where it is i would set it in that time period yes even if it's an alter all, all obviously alternative time period i would set it in that time period so some books some games i think that are pretty cool or really match the genre are uh wolf song which is kind of a small small book. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen it too often, but it's a it's a little. So I forget what size it. I just not size. I guess it's not the eight and a half by eleven size. It's paperback, and it's pretty thick because it's, it has a lot of stuff in it, and it has a lot of stuff up. And it, it's alternate alternate world. It has uh, monsters and and stuff like that. But it's, a, uh, it's a steam pulp setting, though, right? Steam pulp, right. Yeah. It's a little bit pulpy. And you can play with dice or cards, which I thought was kind of interesting. They give you the, the mechanics for both. Uh, or you can mix and match, which is interesting. Now, I know Jolene doesn't like using cards for... for. Uh, I just like dice. That's I, I don't mind cards. I, I just like <laughs> dice. You'd rather roll dice than to The interesting thing about this particular game is it was the most popular RPG from Poland. And it's been <laughs> translated into English, which I... I I don't even know what to say about that, but I, I just thought that was, <laughs> oh, that's was interesting. an I, interesting fact. I did not know it was from Poland. But it, it, it when it says steam pulp, it reminds me of uh, Feng Shui. Oh, Feng Shui. Right? Because it's supposed to be cine- a cinematic game. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it's over the top. It Everything is over the top. The top uh, which is pretty cool for a steampunk setting because that's what you want. You want like big guns that you know are powered by and you're swinging as you have like a tube going to the steam engine right that's powering (laughs) it and you're as you're blasting people with it right you know there's some electric some device that causes electric lightning gun or something right right? yeah yeah or lightning gun and And you want to you want your heroes to be able to to run up and down trains and and jump onto zeppelins. Ze- uh, yeah, zeppelins uh, that's just stringing the rope down. Right? Yeah, yeah, all kinds of things like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. So uh, another one is Victoriana, which is made by Cubicle 7. I think it might be into the fourth edition. I have the third edition book, which is really nice. Uh, it's, you know, it's a very, it's, it's just, this one's more sedated. It's not, you know, super cinematic. But uh, it has different races and it has its own little history. And, you know, it is quite, you know, Cubicle 7 makes nice books. And it's actually, it has quite a bit of information. It has, you know, stuff about, you know, uh, it has is enough information to run a game. And I really like that one. Uh, there's also there's there's also this one kind of crazy post-apocalyptic book, very steampunkish, called, uh, what's his name? Uh, Abney Park's Airship Pirates. Oh, I was just looking at one called Iron Kingdoms. Yes. And it looks, it says it's the original D20 
but later versions use the D6. Yes. I don't know what that means. They they changed systems. So they came out you know, in the craze of D20 uh, when they had the open gaming license. It came out in 2004. 2004. And then it was oh. re-released in 2012. Yes. So in 2000, 2004, they came out with this, uh, what's it called? Iron Kingdoms. Iron Kingdoms. And it was very. It was a steampunk setting for uh, basically uh, Dungeons and Dragons, right? They used the D D twenty uh, open gaming license, and it was in two volumes. Uh, I think w- one volume is basically the player's handbook, and the other one is the campaign guide. Core uh, rules and yeah. right, and it's and uh, and it's super cool. I, you know, if I was if I was running the, you know, third edition, I would definitely would like to try to play that game. And then I guess you know D twenty fad went away. At the time, in 2012, they probably had dropped uh, third edition uh, D&D and had gone to fourth edition probably. So they came out with new rules uh, with, uh, I forget what system it's called. And I don't I know, but it uses D6. It says... Um, Who publishes it? Um, Privateer Press. Privateer Press. So they're the same people who put out, uh, uh, I forget what... Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. They call it, they call it the Full Metal Fantasy game. Full Metal mm-hmm. Fantasy. So the setting is really cool. I I f- totally forgot about that Iron Kingdoms. In fact, I own both both versions of the system. So I was wondering because he pulled out all of his uh, steampunk books here, but not all of them. Obviously, obviously not all of them. <laughs> so Abney Parks is is what's weird about Abney Parks uh, Airship Pirates. It's based on a, a post apocalyptic uh, era where. You know, airship pirates are going to ruin cities and get stuff that different people want or need. But what's really funny is based on the songs of this band called Abney Park. And so Abney Park has this song called something, uh, Captain Roberts or something like that, uh, Airships Pirates. And so they're like a steampunk band. And uh, I've never really listened to their songs. I I've seen their lyrics. Somebody, you know, obviously from so somebody from Seattle, because I think that's where the band is from. Really liked the band, liked the lyrics, and based a role playing game on their lyrics. So it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting system. It's super easy. It uses, I think, a D six uh, dice pool type of uh, system. There's another one. There was a Kickstarter one. I guess it's a Kickstarter. Yes. Uh, the Tefor- Tefra, Tefra, the steampunk RPG. And it, I like the, the, I was reading about it. It says, Tephora is an award-winning steampunk role-playing game that's caused global addiction. <laughs> uh, this game is designed for high, manic high-flying combat, astonishing crafted gizmos, weapons, and automatons, and includes a fast, includes a fast class-free character creation system. But then it says, Terraform is easy to pick up, but robust enough to keep people engaged for years. Our playing guide alone is enough to keep you and your adventuring party entertained for a hundred days and nights, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. So that came, what year did that came out? That's like it's been around for a while. Um, the Kickstarter was like what 2015. What's funny is that I've never seen that. I've never seen it, that book in real life. It uses a D12. Yeah, D12. It, only a D12. One D12. It does look pretty cool. I don't, uh, I don't see the publishing date. It, ha- it does have. A, it says you can play it as a steampunk RPG or a LARP. Or a lot. Well, there you go. So there's there's a few out there. Uh, usually they're tied to a certain uh, genre, a certain way of playing. They're not they're not like a, what a gener- generic. You know, they all have their own setting. They all have their own uh, amount of magic, uh, amount of technology. Again, like I said, I think if you look at steampunk, 
the two main knobs that that you can turn up and down both in when when authors write about it in novels and rpg publishers use it in creating their games is the knob of technology and the knob of magic the ministry of peculiar occurrences those, those novels have very little magic and a lot not a lot of technology but technology is turned up a little bit more where you have a, a clockwork clockwork century Clockwork Century, it, there's a little bit of weirdness because in one of the novels, one, the main character, I think, believe the main character or his brother is a werewolf. So obviously, there's a little bit more fantasy, bit fantasy magic. magic involved in the world. So that just tells me that if you have one of these games, you, or you can find one that fits you, right? Right. Like if you want to have magic in your world, then you can. If you want it to be straightforward, um, you know, clockwork or or steam powered or even if you want to do the post-apocalyptic gas-powered thing, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it's kind of the same idea, I guess. Although I would be interested to see how Mad Max would do a, a dirigible or a, a Zeppelin, right? I, I, well, if you think about it, you know, as long as you have the gas or warm air, you know, if mm -hmm. you could do that, uh, it'd be like a hot air balloon. But I, I, I mean, but they would, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it would, you know, but it would be the preferred way to travel if you didn't have uh, what's his, if you didn't have uh, gasoline, right? Because you could use a steam engine to burn wood or, or whatever coal. Which always seems incredibly dangerous to me <laughs> that you're that far up in the air and you have fire <laughs> keeping well, you there. I'd, oof. I'll go, well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. But, you know, I think, uh, well, if you think about it, you know, if you have a, a, a internal combustion engine, it's the same thing. Okay. You're I, I just, instead the, of an the, internal combustion engine, you're you're blowing up things to make things turn. I know, but just the, the you know when they um, are showing the even hot air balloons, just they're, how they're showing the the, the yeah the fire going up to the balloon. <laughs> and I think about all those airplanes because when we went to the um, Moffett Field has a, a museum, and they show you all the different how these airplanes landed on these big giant um, zeppelins and. I don't know if that's the right. Is that the American word? Uh, I think there's a different word. Dirigible. I think I'm. I, I think I'm using a German. Zeppelin word. is yeah. German is Zeppelin. <laughs> that's the only so word. Dirigible. I, can... I think they call them dirigible. And they're right. They had. They had. They literally landed planes on them, and they had them in these little in harnesses. Harnesses so that they could take off. And I'm like, like that has to be the most dangerous thing. You could well, be the, doing. taking off would probably wouldn't be that dangerous. Just unclap <laughs> and just but but actually hooking up to that thing, yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. And in fact, in fact, uh, we live right here next to Moffett Field, and we have this humongous hangar. They call it Hangar One, mm -hmm. and which was originally built for dirigibles. Yes, because planes don't need that big of a freaking thing. No, right. So what what happened was I, I forget what years it was. It was, it was it before the World, World War Two. Two before World War Two. Yeah, before World War Two. So they had this this dirigible uh, program, and I think uh, unfortunately, like. They only built like three of them, I think, and one of them was immediately lost in some storm, either down yes. south or up north, right? <laughs> and then they lost another one for some reason. It's a very, if you're in the Bay Area, and you, uh, I hope well now. Well, you, you may not be able to get there now, but they might have a, a virtual tour. But I don't. But no, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think so. But but if you're ever in the Bay Area, and after this uh, lockdown or shelter-in-place order ends. Uh, take a trip to Moff Moffett Field, and they have a little small museum, and it's amazing. When we went, uh, my son was what? in third grade third or fourth grade? grade. Yes, he had to do a report. 
Yes. So we took the whole family, my yes. mom and my uncle, who my uncle who's a military. And we took Steve and Kathy, no? No, they didn't go. They didn't go? Well, they might have gone. I thought they but went. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, yes. we there was an old World War II guy, right? Yeah, he was a vet. He was, yeah. Was he from World War II or after World War II? No, 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 no. He was a World War II vet. He, was he a, had to be a Korean. A Korean War vet. Yeah. But he, there was a picture of a little kid trying to touch the dirigible, and that was his picture because yeah. he had been here. He grew up here in the Bay Area, and uh, and it's a fascinating story the way that that it works. So when and then after we did that, I remember watching Doctor Who and they had uh, zeppelins flying around, and, <laughs> and I was like, I'm all that is just amazing, and they had like a whole world full of them, right? And, right. And so I was like, the just the idea, and after going to the museum, I'm like, wait. That's like the most dangerous way to to fly, but uh, you know, but it was pretty cool to see it. Yes. So it was very steampunky. The idea that you can power these things with, um, well, they powered them with gas, obviously, but right or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They was... didn't have a, a a coal bin where someone's <laughs> shoveling in the coal to make the fire to make the steam right. <laughs> As you're flying, I never, I never, I, I don't think I've ever had it explained what engine they used to power dirigibles i'm pretty sure he explained it but no 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 not in the real world oh, I'm talking because i because i remember my eyes glazing over and <laughs> no, my I'm uncle talking... was so excited i was looking at just watching him and this other guy they're both korean veterans and so they were like you know very excited about yes. all the airplanes and stuff and my uncle's like one of those guys that knows all this kind of stuff and being and this other guy's eyes lit up because they could talk to each other about it and i was just like standing there going Oh, okay, because I have no idea what you're talking about. I was looking at the picture to tell what the what an airplane looks like compared to uh, the dirigible. The, 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 oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And what a little biplane and how many they got of these little biplanes, and they're not little biplanes are not little, but compared to the, there were Scout biplanes. Yeah, I think. They were, yeah. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat, and it reminded me of steampunk, and it always reminds me of yes. steampunk, and so I have that in my head. So when when you talk about steampunk, I think of clockwork. And I think of of, of Zeppelins. Right. And What's interesting is if you drive down 101, Highway 101 here in the Bay Area, you could see uh, Moffett Field and the, and the, those. I think they took down a couple of they the took They took down one. Yeah. The second one. But Hangar 1 is still built, built uh, because it's, you know, they were really trying to decide whether to tear it down or not tear it down. But because it's such an icon of the Bay Area when you're driving by here, I mean, this thing is freaking huge. I mean, it looks big. From the from, freeway, yeah. but when you, when you get really close to it, it's like it is huge. It's like those pictures where they show this is you, and they're trying to de- describe how big something is, and you look like an ant yeah, compared yeah. to the building. Well, because it, it literally housed a huge dirigible. Yeah, yeah. And so the, I think there was a, a movement to to save the hangar one, and I think they, but it, you know, yeah, like in every any project, you try to save something old. It's going to cost this much money to save it because. You know, of course, they built it in a time when they didn't care about poisoning the the ground, and it was probably all kinds of chemicals on it and stuff. They took off all the sh- the, the siding off of it, and and cleaned it up, and they're putting it back on. I think. I, I don't know. I, I haven't been down 101 that way. For a while. <laughs> so every so we're reminded about dirigibles every time we walk, we drive by that place, and like, and so that you know, to me, that's always oh dirigible oh steampunk that'd be pretty cool game to play there's a few games out there i don't think there's anything new there might be a new one coming out but i don't know i didn't see it in my research which was fast and loose this time but yes but there's there's victoriana there's wolf song there's abney parks airship pirates there is uh 
Castle Funkenstein, Space 1889. And there's a couple other ones. If steampunk's your, your, you know, something you want to get into, there's quite a few. Uh, or even if you want to just try it, you should you should see if you can. I'm sure you can find a PDF. Yes, you go to drive through RPG. And, and um, I don't know the Wolf Sung one seems pretty cool. I'm just looking at the book and just the picture alone <laughs> makes me want to play it. <laughs> so that that will inspire my husband to to go. Oh, okay, I can run a game for you. Well, and- what is actually interesting about steampunk is uh, why I have so many different steampunk games is because a few years ago, now it's over ten years ago, the first time we went to Seattle and all that. Not Seattle, but Oregon to visit. Our friend and and then not the first time, but well, it's he moved there. It's been what eight or nine years at least. Yes, so than that. the the girls, I say, my wife and her friend Kathy had expressed back then an interest in steampunk because you know they were really into the fashion and and stuff like that. And they go, oh, you know, and I thought about you know I could run a steampunk game for them, but I've obviously that game never came to fruition. I looked at the different books and the different rule sets, and none of them quite fit the genre, or the or the setting, or the feeling. I think the girls, the girls, my my women wanted, and so we never actually played. We went but... from girls to his women. I, I like that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but you know, but uh, anyway, so I have never gotten that off the ground. But what's funny is that one of our friends is really into steampunk and stuff, and they go to like. There's this, uh, well, there was, but it was canceled because of the the COVID crisis. But there was a, uh, what's it called? Uh, Clockwork Academy, I think it's called, or convention here in the Bay Area. It's the same place where KublaCon usually takes place at the Hyatt Regency. And they go to it every year. And, you know, they dress up in, 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 uh, in their steampunk gear and they go and, and uh, have a lot of fun. They also go to, uh, Dickens Fair, I think it is. They dress up for Dickens Fair and stuff like that. So they're really into it. So, And that's really cool. Yeah, that's neat. So if you're looking for a, a new genre, I know there's lots of them out there, <laughs> but um, I would suggest this. And I'm going to ask Saul to run a game for me and uh, maybe the boys or or maybe we can get Kathy in because she's not working right now because of our our lockdown Lockdown. (laughs) our shelter in place um i say lockdown and Saul goes it's not a prison and i say well you know it kind of feels like it sometimes but it's all good so so there you go so that's that's how it is um a new genre if or an old genre and if you have any if you if you have any questions for us or have any ideas for shows just let us know because you know we really want to talk about stuff that everybody listens to us. And I know we have a good 30 listeners out there <laughs> and some of them are our family, but that's okay. Um, send us your ideas, your questions, things you want us to talk about, or would like to hear us talk about ramble about ramble on about, <laughs> and we'll try to work it in. So, yes. So, is- yeah. So we, we, you know, we, we really, you know, we spend no money on advertising. So if you listen to our show, we really would. Uh, we're asking you to share uh, our show with within your social networks if you can. Uh, it, it's our only advertising we. Or have. tell your friend. Or tell your friend. Tell a friend is always good. Tell your family. Tell your family, <laughs> and you know. And in this time of being locked down, uh, almost, I think there's a uh, thirty something states on lockdown. More think, than that now. Oh, is it forty something? Yes. If you uh, need thank- something to do. Yes. Send some, give somebody our podcast to listen to, and if you have any ideas. 
for us, let us know. Yes. Uh, everybody stay safe out there. You guys know what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, Wash flat, your hands. Flatten the curve. Do all that stuff. You know, be safe because, you know. Because we need our gamers to be healthy so that we can play games with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there you go. There it is. This is Gaming Perspectives with, with Saul and Jolene. Have a good day. And stay safe.